Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Wesley Memorial Church podcast. This is Pastor Clark here. Just want to say thank you for tuning in and listening. We're beginning an exciting new Advent sermon series called Advent Between Two Worlds. And you're going to hear a sermon that we did just this past Sunday on that and how we can look at Christ's birth and Christ's future coming. And in between those two stories, how we find ourselves in this glorious story of God during this Advent season. We also invite any of you to join us for worship, either online or in person at 8.30 and 11 traditional in our sanctuary or 9.45 in contemporary in our dining hall. You can go to our website, wesleymemorial.org to learn more. Thanks again for listening. God bless each of you. And we hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. The gospel text for the fourth Sunday of Advent is found in Luke chapter one, I'll begin reading at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. She would not have amounted to much in the eyes of the world around her. She was poor. She was Jewish. She was a young female between the ages probably, of 13 and 16. She came from an unknown city with a bad reputation. The city of Nazareth is not even mentioned in the Old Testament. And the city of Nazareth was in an unimportant province of the Roman Empire, the province of Galilee. But we know that God had big plans for this young peasant girl. Several years ago, Life magazine published an article entitled The Mystery of Mary. And in that article, they said, why are two billion Hail Marys said daily? Why is it thought that more girls have been named for Mary than any other historical figure? Why are Mary hymns 
creeping into Methodist songbooks. And they are creeping into Methodist songbooks. Hymn number 272 is Sing of Mary, Pure and Lowly. Because we have come to remember that Mary was the first human being to bear witness to Jesus Christ. Mary very well may be the greatest disciple of Jesus Christ to have ever lived. Mary certainly is a tremendous model of faithfulness and trust in God. Even Protestants love to hear soloists sing the Ave Maria. And I often wonder if as they listen to that Latin song, if they realize what they're listening to is the old prayer, Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. It's an ancient prayer that is asking Mary to pray for us, is asking Mary to intercede for us, just like asking another Christian to pray for us. And you notice from the text that I read a few moments ago, that prayer begins with the words from the angel Gabriel. We Protestants certainly need to pay more respect to Mary. We Protestants need to respect Mary the mother of Jesus, like Jesus would have us respect Mary. The text before us this morning, which we call the Annunciation, displays for us some of the magnitude of Mary as a faithful disciple of her son, Jesus Christ. Look at, look at how it happened. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, and you notice she wasn't terribly shocked by the appearance of an angel. I think the depth of her spirituality uh, made that a distinct possibility in her life. She was there, I'm sure, at home in Nazareth, a peasant home in Nazareth, when Gabriel appeared to her. There's been much artwork throughout the centuries of the Annunciation. By the 11th century, artists in Europe were painting pictures of Mary uh, being visited by Gabriel, and frequently she would be portrayed as reading a book. And while I love that image of Mary, and that also endears her to my heart, she would not have been reading a book because books had not been invented in Mary's day. They still just simply had scrolls. The angel Gabriel, one of the archangels, appeared to her, and greeted her with that greetings favored one, the Lord is with you, or help Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And some New Testament text add the words, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So this angel greeted her, and Mary was, the text says, much perplexed. And the angel answered her, concern, her not shock, but great interest in the appearance of the angel by saying, do not be afraid, Mary, 
for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of the ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. There is a popular Christmas song, and I really love to hear it. Mary, did you know? It's a beautiful song. But every time I hear that song, and it is entitled, Mary, Did You Know? And it is followed by several questions to Mary as to whether or not she really knew the extent of the deity of this child she was to bear. And every time I hear the song, Mary, Did You Know? I want to answer back, she did. The angel Gabriel was very clear. The angel Gabriel told her in exalted language that this child to be born will be called the Son of the Most High and that he will rule or reign over the house of Jacob forever and forever and his kingdom will have no end. And just a little bit later, the angel Gabriel says to her, this child that you are to bear will be the Son of God. So Mary, did you know? Yes, she did. Now, she did ask a question at this point, a very logical, legitimate question. She said, how can this be since I am a virgin? It literally says, how can this be since I have not known a man? And I will point out to you that the Gospel of Luke, written by Luke, who was a medical doctor, understood definitely how babies were made. So when he uses the word virgin here, he means virgin. And that's definitely what Mary says. How can this be when I've not been with a man? And again, Gabriel answers her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, will overshadow her. That same Greek word is used in the Greek Old Testament version, uh, the Septuagint, concerning the creation story. And that's the same word that talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters and doing God's act of creation. So the angel explained to her how it would happen that she would bear a child even though she was a virgin. And the angel graciously gave to Mary a sign or reminded Mary of a sign that she had already seen her kinswoman, Elizabeth, in her old age had also conceived a son and Elizabeth was in her sixth month. And everyone had said for years that Elizabeth was barren. The Greek simply says her relative, Elizabeth, The old King James said her aunt. Some people think it was a cousin. But simply this relative of advanced age was with child and was in the sixth month of being with child. So that was another miraculous conception, nothing to the extent of Mary's miraculous conception. But this was to be another sign to Mary and you notice that Gabriel ends reminding her about her relative Elizabeth by simply saying, for nothing will be impossible 
with God. I've always been so grateful that Gabriel brought that word to Mary and brings that word to us, for nothing will be impossible with God. I know I've gone through things in my life, and I'm sure you have gone through things in your life. Perhaps you're going through something right now that you do not see a way before you, a way that it can work out. But just know that God is the one who makes a way when there seems to be no way. For nothing will be impossible with God. We may have to wait a while for God. Mary had to wait for nine months to give birth to this miraculous child. But we know that God never comes early. God never comes late. God always shows up right on time. So in light of all that this young peasant Jewish girl learned on this day from the angel Gabriel, her response in verse 38 is simply, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Here am I, the slave of the Lord. Some translations say the handmaiden of the Lord, but the word really is slave of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. She said yes to the angel Gabriel concerning God's plan, plans for her life. With great, great faith, great, great trust, knowing some of the risk that would be before her, she said yes. She was perhaps months away from her marriage to Joseph. Even though she was engaged or betrothed to Joseph, they had not been married yet. And I'm sure that she knew that whenever the community there of Nazareth began to discern that she was with child, that the tongues would begin to wag and that people can be so, so cruel. But still, she said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Whatever you say, God, I am willing. We need to learn in the spiritual life that we must say yes to God even before we know the plan and certainly before we know the extent of the plan or all the ramifications of the plan. Like Mary, we need to be in that spiritual relationship to God that our answer is yes, even before we know exactly what God is asking of her. You know that one of my favorite authors is the prolific Max Lucado. One of his earlier books was entitled God Came Near, and it is about the the incarnation, the coming of God into human history in the form of Jesus Christ. And at one point in that book, God Came Near, there's a series of questions to Mary. And I like this series of questions to Mary because Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. She knew because of what Gabriel said to her that this was God's child 
that she was carrying as a result of a miraculous conception and it would be a miraculous birth. In that book, God Came Near, here's a series of questions that Max Lucado would have liked to ask to Mother Mary. What was it like watching him pray? How did he respond when he saw other kids giggling during the service at the synagogue? When he saw a rainbow, did he ever mention a flood? Did you ever feel awkward teaching him about how he created the world? When he saw a lamb being led to the slaughter, did he act differently? Did you ever see him with a distant look on his face as if he were listening to someone you couldn't hear? How did he act at funerals? When someone referred to Satan, how did he act? What did he and his cousin John talk about as kids? Mary was called to a tremendous, tremendous task. After Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple for the appropriate Jewish rites of presentation and purification. And there in the temple they encountered the holy man Simeon. And there as Mary was holding the infant Jesus in her arms, Simeon brought a prophecy. That prophecy was, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And, Simeon says to Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul too. So the shadow of the cross is even there at the birth and the presentation and the purification of the infant Jesus. Mary made room in her life for Jesus in a remarkable way. She received Jesus with great faithfulness, trust, and courage. I hope that we will do the same. We will make room for Jesus in our lives. During this season of COVID, we are dealing with COVID fatigue. We're dealing with decision-making fatigue. Because of the election, we're dealing still with opinion fatigue. Especially right now, you and I need to make room in our lives to receive more of Jesus Christ through the power of his Spirit than we've ever received. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.